0: Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. I have a a word that God has put in my heart this morning, and thank you for the opportunity to Pastor Blake as he is in Costa Rica with his whole family, amen, Um, as a time of uh, vacation, rest, and also ministry. Amen. They are uh, there with Pastor Jose, helping him plant the church there in, in uh, I believe it's Ciudad Colon. I'm not really sure exactly the name of the area where they're at, but uh, we're just, we need to continue to pray for them as uh, as they're gone. They'll be back later this week, but uh, God is doing amazing things there with them, and I'm glad they're able to, to have rest. As you can see, our our worship team, a lot of them are gone as well. Amen. His kids, and so uh, let's continue to pray for them and lift them up this week. Amen? Amen. How many will pray for them this week? Amen. Praise God. Amen? You know what? Let's continue to pray as well for um, Brother Ed and Sue and, you know, Joyce is in the hospital. They're all, uh, I guess, doing better, but I don't have a full report. You can talk to Brenda Platt, I believe, has a lot of details on that um, after service if you'd like. Um, but they're sick. Also, um, Josie is, is doing much better, she's, she's, she's recuperated a lot, uh, she's doing very well, amen, uh, she's still really t- trying to just get back to normal after, uh, you know, this COVID thing has hit a lot of people, and also, um, what, what is your sister's name again? Lydia, Lydia. yeah, Lydia is, uh, she is still battling, and we need to pray, and we need to go before the Lord this week, if we would, and, and ask God very specifically uh, we, she needs a miracle, and she needs to be able to breathe on her own, amen? She's on a ventilator, amen? And she needs to be able to breathe on her own. They can't do anything else until she begins to breathe on her own. And I bind that, that ventilator in the name of Jesus. God's hand is on her, and I'm going to tell you something right now, brother. You need to go back home and tell her that, uh, that God is, he, he's not a God that starts something and doesn't finish it. He's going to finish it, amen? And uh, let's just pray that God leads those doctors. We're not against doctors in this place, amen? But uh, that ventilator's not a good thing. I mean, I know it'll keep us alive and keep us going for a minute, but, but uh, we, need, we need them doctors to release that, and she needs to begin to breathe on her own, and God is at charge in her life. Amen? Amen. So let's continue to be praying for these that we love, and if you have any loved ones that are sick, please let us know here at the church so we can be praying for them and, and casting out devils. Amen? You know Jesus in his ministry, and I'll get to that in just a few minutes, but in Jesus' ministry, Jesus... He really spoke to the demonic force a lot. He began to, uh, to curse and to, and, and to bind the spirit, the, the demonic spirits that, that, that get into our lives and our situations. Amen. How many can honestly say that the devil, he, he's fighting for you? Amen. Is there a couple people in this place today that can say God, that the devil is fighting for you? I got news for you. If the devil's not messing with you, you're not doing a whole lot for God. Amen? Because when we do something for God, the devil rises up and he's going he's gonna to make himself visible in our lives. Amen? This morning I want to minister for just a few minutes. I'm going to start my time now. And uh, all those that gave me five extra minutes this morning, I'm going to use those five minutes as well. Praise God. I'll set that phone right there see how long it lasts. Amen? But I, I want to start off, if, if, if you're writing notes this morning, let's title this message, What in the World Are You Thinking? And I really wanted to title the message, What in the Heck Are You Thinking? But I cleaned it up a little bit, amen? So what in the world are you thinking? I found a story, we're going to read in just a moment in Malachi chapter 3, verse 2 and 3. If you're taking notes, just write that down. We'll get to that in just a second. I found a story of a man, that the story's titled Wrong Way Roy. I want to ask you this morning, have you ever heard the story of this man? His name is actually Roy Regal's. And Roy was an All-American center for the University of California. And they were facing the, yellow, the, the, the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. And Roy was playing with, uh, both on the offense and on the defense. He was, he was a, a star player. He was doing great. And there was about six minutes left in the first half when Georgia Tech fumbled the ball. And Roy, he picks up this ball, picks up this fumble, and he begins to run like he's never ran before. But he was run, and he was running 65 yards towards the touchdown. And there was only one problem. It was towards the wrong goal line. And the coach from the other team was quoted saying, he's running the wrong way. Let's see how far he'll go. How many know that they'll sit back and watch you to see how far you go the wrong way? How many know that we have friends in our lives today that, that call themselves our friends but will sit there and watch us go in the wrong direction? They will invite you over to their house and say, you know, we know you don't party, you don't drink, and you don't do this, and you don't do that, but, but we're going to be doing our thing. You're crazy for showing up in the first place, but people do. Those people are setting us up for failure in our lives, because they know that the devil is real, because the devil has them bound by all of these things in their lives, and, and they know if they can just get you into their arena, that they can get you to stumble and fall, that there's a possibility of it anyways, Amen. So they say, let's see how far he'll go. And fortunately, one of Roy's teammates caught up to him and he turned him around before he crossed the goal line. And he was tackled at the one-yard line, and halftime came, and Roy, he's in the locker room just feeling humiliated. He's feeling he's feeling beat up and let down. And, and he knows that everyone saw what had just happened. And he knows that he's going to hear everything from the coach. The coach is about to walk in, and he thinks to himself, coach isn't going to put me back in the game for the second half I failed I messed up and everyone in the locker room is waiting to see how coach is going to handle the situation and as everyone is waiting coach comes in and he announces uh to everyone he says everyone who finished the first half you're going to start the second half as well now Roy sitting there completely amazed he's he's shocked thinking to himself coach I've ruined you He's thinking to himself, Coach, I've embarrassed you. This, I've embarrassed this university. I've, I've embarrassed myself. He's thinking, I couldn't face that crowd again if my life depended on it because I'm a failure. I messed up. I did wrong. I, 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 I did the opposite of what I was supposed to do. And Coach reaches out his hand. And he says, Roy, he says, you get up and you go back into the game. Now, Here's something he said that's very interesting. He said the game is only half over. We still have another half to play. How many many would like to have somebody on your side that would say, when you're you're walking out the door to go to work, your husband says, I will see you at the end of the day and dinner's going to be ready on the table. I didn't hear too many women shout hallelujah on that one. But I'll tell you what, if I told my wife, honey, I'm going to work today and I'm going to go out and work and you go do your thing and you just have a blast, honey. You go do whatever you want to do today and you go and spend all my money. You go ahead and do it, baby. But when you get home, I'm going to have a hot meal on the table for you. She's going to be happy. Amen. See, you women are losing out on an opportunity to shout in this place this morning. If you can get your man to cook you dinner. You're in a good place. Amen. Hallelujah. If you can get him to do it two or three times a week. Or every single night of the week, hallelujah, you'd be having a revival in your house, amen? But I got news for you here. I want to ask you a question. How many have ever felt like this man, Roy? How many have ever felt like him in your life where, where you're going the wrong direction in life and you get to the end of the road and you're thinking to yourself, what in the world did I just do? You can't ask anybody because everybody around you is already taking the wrong path as well. Everyone around you is, uh, is going the wrong direction in life as well. And so here you are, you're at the end of your rope, you feel beat up, you feel guilty, you feel like you failed everybody around you, that there's no hope for you anymore because you're dealing with your situation and everybody just has to understand it. You know what, I could preach this message a million ways. I could talk about Jonah, how Jonah went the wrong way when God spoke into his life and told him to do one thing and he did another. But I'm going to minister this morning on what in the world are you thinking. I want to minister for just a moment on the battle of the mind. Because in our lives today, everything that revolves around our life, there's a constant battle in our mind. And the Bible says, in Malachi chapter 3, verse 2 and 3, it says, But who can endure the day of His coming? And who can stand when He appears? Let me tell you something. That verse right there where it just starts out, it rocks my world because it's asking, but who can endure the day of his coming? Who can endure it? How many are excited? I can say, how many want Jesus to come back? And everybody's going, oh, yeah, i love Jesus to come back. Here in Texas, they're real, real laid back about everything. i really love for Jesus to come back. But, you know, this scripture is asking, he says, but who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? That means all sickness is gone. All pain is gone. Hallelujah. Can I get a bigger amen? I'm telling you what, that means all things are done and passed over. Amen. It says, for he is like a refiner's fire and like launderer's soap. Amen? As I sat here and watched uh, Jesse open this service, I thought about the launderer's soap. Hallelujah. How Jesus Christ himself uh, took this man Jesse Salazar in his hands uh, and he began to refine him. He began to purify him. He began to cleanse him. He began to set him free and deliver him from all of his past. Hallelujah. Now that's not just Jesse Salazar. That's every single person in this place today. That's every single one that is watching online this morning. Listen, God takes us into his hands. He says, I am the potter and you are the clay. You see, the problem is, is our clay, we got legs on our clay and we just walk off the the potter's wheel. He said, no, get back on over here. I got some more work to do on you. And we're saying, no, 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 Jesus, I'm okay. I'm good now. You, you, You molded and you shaped me just enough to get me by for another week or so. But he says, no, I want you to get back over here on this wheel so I can mend you, so I can uh, form you, reform you, and, and, re, and dissect everything that's going on so that I can help you get through what you're trying to get through. He said he's like a launderer's soap, and he will sit as a refiner and as a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. That means so that when he does come, we can stand to him as a righteous man, as a righteous woman of God and say, oh, he can say Thy good and faithful servant to enter into the kingdom of heaven, glory Amen. to God. Amen. See, this is what it's talking about today, but we have to get ourselves to that place. The word of God puts a lot of emphasis on the way we think and how we choose to think can have a tremendous effect on the outcome of our life. Amen? You see, one of the things we have to understand, someone once said this, he says, watch your thoughts, they become words. Watch your words, they become actions. Watch your actions, they become habits. Watch your habits, they become character. Watch your character, it becomes your destiny. You see, in the area of the mind is where life's battles can rage most uh, and and, and it can determine if we are going to live in a victory or in in defeat. And I ministered this morning, I shared the story about Brenda Hudgens over here. Every Sunday I come into this place and I make it a point to go to Brenda. When Brenda had COVID, when there was COVID going on over there, I was mad because Brenda wasn't in the service. But I would walk up to Brenda, and I, every day, I do it every Sunday, you can watch me do it, she'll tell you I do it every, every single week. And Brenda, what do I ask you? you do you got the victory, I ask her. And when I first got here to Texas, and I walked up to her and asked her, do you got the victory, she looked at me like I was a foreign exchange student. <laughs> her and her Louisiana self looked up at me and was like, what in the world are you saying to me? Matter of fact, she said it in a language I didn't even understand. She said, what are you saying to me? I said, my goodness, these people talk weird over here in Texas. She said, I'm not from Texas. I'm from Louisiana. (laughs) I said, my goodness, my kind of people. Glory to God. But now when I walk up to her, I said, do you got the victory? She says, you better believe I got the victory. She says, I got the victory. Do you think I'm going to go to a sad sack and ask them, hey, do you got the victory today? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Pastor, you don't know. Uh, Excuse me. Do you have the victory? (laughs) I don't know. No, I go to Brenda Hudgens over there, and I said, Brenda, tell me what I got to hear this morning. I said, do you got the victory? She says, I got the victory. Brenda, do you got the victory? victory. She got the victory. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. And when Brenda got the victory, I said, Brenda, give me just a little bit of that victory, because sometimes you don't understand. As pastors, we come in this place. As ministers of the gospel, we come in this place, and we are beat up. We're handling situations all day long. When, when you're sitting down to eat dinner, my phone is ringing. When you're sitting, uh, getting ready to go, go to work, uh, uh, Pastor Blake's phone is ringing. He, he, you know, it's just nonstop. It's a different situation. All the time, there's something going on. Dwayne, am I lying? I'm telling the truth, ain't I? See, it's like, it's like there's an internal alarm clock in the people of the church when it's dinner time. I got to call Pastor. Well, you know, Carla, she's working so hard. And, you know, she cooked the whole dinner. And Lord, if I'm, if I'm prophesying right now, Lord, let it be. And Carla, she's cooking dinner for Pastor. Hallelujah. And, and, you know, it's dinner time and we're about to sit there, about to sit at the table. My wife will tell you it's the truth. Every single time we sit down at the table, the phone will ring. I'll get a text. Something will come in. And I have had to learn to set my phone aside. Because I'm not, listen to me, I'm not the counselor. He's the counselor. Glory to God. He's the one that has the final answer. If you'll run to God, you know, there's a good old saying that says, run to the throne, not to the phone. Hallelujah, amen. We need to call on God and let God do it all for us. See, it can determine if we're going to live in victory or defeat. The mind is a vital part of our walk of faith. And it's exactly where the devil will attack you and I the most. He'll, he'll attack that area. See, this is why we must guard our hearts and, and our mind continually. Fill our minds and all, everything about us with the word of God. That's why pastor says, have you, have you read? Have you prayed? Are you read up? It's easy to tell when somebody is walking with God. And it's easy to tell when someone is not walking with God. Because it is in, in our character. It is who we are. It is who we become. If you start your day off with God, you're going to have a great day with God. If you start your day off with John, then guess what? You're going to have a a miserable day with John. No, it's all about me. I got this. Oh, I know know how to handle this situation. When I go out there and I'm doing bids all day long and I'm I'm talking to these customers, listen, they don't want to hear the price. They want me to understand what they're wanting me to do for them. (laughs) Did you get the price? I had one of these guys, a colonel over at the Air Force Academy, he calls me up one day and he's telling me, he says, I need you to do a project for me. He says, I need a price, but I need you to do it within three days. And I'm thinking, my goodness, how in the world can I do a job within this short time notice? He says, I need a price. Can you do the job? I said, yes. If you accept my price, I'll get the job done within your time frame. So I go out, I bid the job, I drive off the property, I'd already sent the email to him, All everything's digital, it's really fast now. Just send the email to him. Before I even get off of the premises, he's calling me. He says, Well, I got your proposal. He says, Can you get this job done by June second? I said, Sir, did you get my price? Because I I knocked it up like three or four times higher than it was supposed to be. I figured I'd pay my taxes, they ain't give my money back. I'm gonna get it somehow. I'm just kidding. And he said, I, I got your price. He says, but did you get, did you understand my question? Can you get the job done by June 2nd? I said, sir, and right then and there, the Holy Ghost kicked in because I was already prepared in my spirit. I was already prayed up. I walked in that place with the power of God. See, when I walk in, the Holy Ghost walks in, glory to God, because he lives in me, he dwells in me, he's in my spirit, he's in my mind, he's in my heart, he's in my mouth. And I'm telling you what, I was shouting in tongues, walking, driving down that highway. I pulled over on the the road, and I said, thank you, Jesus. And the next one, I called my other one. I said, my my love, you don't know what just happened right now, but we just got blessed. Hallelujah. She said, well, where's the check? I said, well, baby, we got to wait for that. We got to do the work first. You see, the devil will step in. I'm not calling my wife the devil, (laughs) but the devil will step in. Amen. I had to clarify that. But the devil will step in to try to steal your joy. He will step in to try to destroy your character and who you are and the blessing of God that is for you in your life. You say, well, my old Pastor, you don't understand my situation. Can this camera keep up with me? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He, you say, well, Pastor, you don't get it. You don't understand. My situation is grave. It's difficult. It's hard. Maybe you're homeless today. Maybe you don't have money to pay the bills. But you know what? I don't understand how things happen in people's lives. I could probably go out to your car. You probably haven't paid your rent in two months. And there's probably Burger King wrappers in the back seat. I don't know how it works. I just know that, that when I got bills to pay, that I know I got to get up in the morning at a reasonable hour, like four or five in the morning, and I got to pray, and I got to get a hold of God, and I got to trust the Lord and say, God, I'm dirty and smelly. I got to take a shower this morning. I got to get up, and I got to go to work. This is all from the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, Amen. Thank God for his, the Holy Ghost that's at work. Amen? But we got to get up, and we got to go to work. We got to get up and we got to go and talk to somebody and we got to start uh, speaking what we believe in our heart. And what's in our heart begins to come out of our mouth. And God says, you know, if you'll be obedient to me and, and, and you'll live for me and, and my blessing will come upon you. Here's the problem, though. We always want it right now. We want God to do it now. Come on, Lord. I've been faithful, Lord. I've been tithing. You know, let me just tell you something. When you tell God, Lord, I've been tithing, God, God ain't hearing that. God already knows your tithing. He knows your heart, the Bible says. We don't have to bring up the word tithe to God. We don't have to say, Lord, uh, you know I've been faithful to you. He says, yeah, you have been in those areas that you think, but there are some areas that you have not been faithful to me in. Oh, Lord, I'll catch up with you later on that one. I ain't got time for that, Lord, because, you know, I'm running the wrong direction. Me and Mr. Roy, we're going to the end zone because ain't nobody over there stopping me. But, boy, if I turn around this way, I can't get past the one-yard line. Oh, how come there was nobody watching me over here? I'm flying down the line. I could be overweight and run slow, and ain't nobody going to catch me going to that end zone because it's the wrong way. Man, did you see me outrun all them people? Woo, glory to God, I was fast. I was strolling. Did you see me doing the two-step, and I was doing my long, I don't even know if it's called that, but whatever it's called, you were running the wrong direction. See, you weren't using the mind of God to get where God wanted you to go. You were using your own mind and your own abilities and your own gifts to do what God wanted you, to do what you think God wanted you to do. Amen. So we have to understand these things. Someone once said a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Battles in the mind can range from things that seem more innocent, such as thoughts and worry and confusion. To things more extreme, such as thoughts of hatred and of course suicide. We know it's rampant in this world today. People are just so willing to give up. It's a very hurtful thing. But see, we need to understand that it is the devil's strategy. It is his plan to, to kill, steal, and destroy. See, it is the devil's strategy to is to gain more and more access and control over people's thoughts in their thought life. Amen. I'm not talking about a spontaneous thought, something that just pops up in your head. But there are people who plan against the things of God and call themselves Christians. They plot it. They get, they get it all worked out. Man, this is how it's going to work. And, and I'm going to go into this church. and I'm going to take advantage of these people. And I'm going to this and I'm going to that. Listen, God did not give us a spirit of fear. Hallelujah. He gave us a sound mind that means to stand up for what is right and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to everybody. I had a guy come into our church one time. We were pastoring down in Costa Rica, and I had a guy walk up to the front entrance of the church. He said, "I am Prophet Hikolohotada." I don't know who he said he was. I looked at him and I said, "Well, Prophet, tell me what the Lord has said for us." He says, "Well, I can't tell you what the Lord said." He said, "I need to talk to the pastor." I said, "I am the pastor of the church." He says, well, I can't tell you. I have to preach it to the pulpit. I have to preach to the congregation. I said, let me tell you something. My Bible says that I need to know those who labor amongst me. You're not going to come into this parking lot and tell me you're a prophet. And preach from this pulpit to the people you don't even know. He says, oh, you're nothing like the rest of the churches in this city. And he walked off. He walked off out of there. But you want to know what the problem is with that? And, and we can sit there and say, yeah, there's people all around like that. But I got news for you. There's a lot of limp-wristed preachers in this world that don't have the sense to tell somebody you're not going to stand up behind the pulpit and preach until you are known, until we know the fruit that you give. Hallelujah. Amen. And I'll tell you one thing. Our challenge is what is our character like in the times of adversity? What is your character like in the time of adversity? When you're going through a difficult time, what is your character like? Oh, I'm sick and tired of this. I'm tired of the way I'm being treated. I'm tired of the pain I have to live with every single day. Let me tell you something. The devil wants you to act that way. The devil wants you to respond this way. The devil wants you to just give in and throw the towel into the wrestling mat and say, you know what, I'm worthless. I'm a nobody. I'm this way because I deserve it. I'm this way because I'm being punished by God because of what... I've done. You know, that is a lie from the pit of hell. That is a lie from the pit hell. Am I saying that we're not supposed to have pain? No. I'm not saying I'm standing here before you this morning and my body is in pain. I'm not going to tell you where because I'm not going to give you any glory, any glory to the devil because he's a lying foe. And not only is he a lying foe, but he's a lying fool. Hallelujah. He's a lying devil and he has no power over this man, this man's family, this man's children. Hallelujah. It is my job to stand up as a man of God and prophesy and speak life into my home glory to God listen I stood in the middle of the street one day asking God Lord what is it that I'm supposed to do and this wasn't a ministry question to God either because I already told God I wasn't ever going into ministry I ain't never doing that God that ain't for me just like some of y'all people in here say, oh, I ain't never going into ministry. Let me tell you something. When God speaks to you, he will make you so miserable. Listen, you won't be able to think about nothing but preaching the good news and the gospel of Jesus Christ, amen? I'm telling you something. You'll stand one day and you'll stand in the middle of the street and you'll ask God, what is your will for my life, Lord? Show me, Lord, what it is uh, that you would have me to do. He will show you something. It might be cleaning a toilet, but I'm gonna tell you something. If your heart says, I'm gonna do it because my Lord said that I'm gonna do it to, that he'll prosper you, and he will bless you, and it's not a name and claim it ministry, hallelujah, but it is I'm going to get up in the morning, I'm going to go to work in the morning, and I'm going to earn an income, and I'm going to provide and be a blessing to the house of God, hallelujah. You see, that's how God works in our lives, amen? I don't know how these sermons change from the 9 o'clock to the 11 o'clock sermon, but they do. God has a very mysterious way of changing things up, Amen. Especially in my notes, and I'm always tormented back there. My daughter-in-law, Joelle, she's always teasing me. She says, you never preach the same sermon twice. I think I've, we've had a uh, We've already done one or two scriptures, haven't we? A couple? One? Well, praise God, I got more scriptures in here. Just hang around for a little bit, amen? So, you know, our challenge is, what is our character like in the time of adversity? Amen? How are you going to handle the attack of the devil? See, our mind can be a source of peace or a source of torment for us during these difficult times. That's why it's important for us to look at this message on the mind. How we handle situations and the decisions that we make. They begin right here in our mind. You see, we need to understand this morning, and, 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 they, and they start right there in our thoughts, but the little voice that says, I can get away with it. Or that little voice that says, nobody will ever know. Or just this one time. I'll never be addicted to this. I can get away from this. I'm strong enough to walk away. It's not going to affect me like it does everybody else. Oh, one little drink of the bottle's not going to hurt me at all. Well, I'm not no, really doing anything, but, you know, I, I, nobody sees me do it. There, there we go. Back to the character when no one's around. Well, I'm going to stand out and be the Holy Ghost man of God out here in the street where everybody sees me. Michael McCool, he's worked next to me. He knows, he knows that I'm this way everywhere I go. I'm sure there's many more of you. You've been around me. I go, I'm this way. Jerry knows I'm this way everywhere I go. I make a fool of myself for Jesus i stand on the street corner and dance and shout and I'll scream it out because I don't care what people think about me. Listen, I do have respect too, but I'll tell you this, I say what I say because I know that God will back it up, amen? I don't have anything to say that's hurtful other than get your heart right with God. And that is offensive to some people because they think that they're St. Joseph or St. John. But I got news for you. We got a lot of work to do. You see, many people, they're, Defeated in their own minds. They're already defeated. Before they even take the first step. And others may be so puffed up in their own mind that they do not even have a handle on reality, on really what's going on around them. It's about them. It's all this is what I do when I when I do this, man. It just puts everything together. We have to learn to trust God. Amen. So, what is the source of the battle? Have you ever asked the question, how can somebody do such a thing? How in the world can somebody do that? How can a person ever think of doing something like that? Where do these crazy thoughts come from? Number one, the issue of the heart. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 15, 19 and 20, it says, For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts. My goodness, false witness blasphemies, these are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. You see, Jesus did not try to uh, analyze or reason on why people do the things that they do. Never, we didn't, he, there was no analyzation there, but he dealt with the source uh, behind evil thoughts, which is what's in the heart. Amen? Coveting somebody else's something. Whatever it might be. Their car, their house, their wife, their kids. Whatever the case might be. You'd be surprised the things that go on in this world. Amen? Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10. It says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. I, the Lord, search the heart, test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. You see, so right here, through these scriptures we can see the connection between what's in the mind can be a result of what's in our heart. What's in our mind can be a result of what is in our heart. This is why we can't trust uh, in our own heart, but we can pray the prayer that David prayed in, in Psalm chapter 51, verse 10. He says, create in me a clean heart, he said, O God. He says, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. This was a cry out to God. Number two, the eye gate and the ear gate. Psalms 101.3 says, I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away from, away, it shall not cling to me. And I want to say this to you, what we watch and what we listen to can have a tremendous effect on our minds. Amen? Amen? Now, I'm not just talking about the superhero movies where we go and put a cape on and run, run through the house. Da, 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 da. I'm the superhero, I got this. Lou Ferrigno, we watch The Incredible Hulk and we all start walking like we got calves as big as rocks. You know, we watch movies like The Karate Kid and we catch ourselves doing a little whoa. We, 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 we start imagining in our own minds all these different things that go on in our lives. But what we have to understand this morning is this is why it's so important that we guard our mind by watching what we allow to enter into our thought life. Because on the other side of the good things, the superheroes and all of the good things and the good movies that are out there, let me tell you something. There are movies that are being watched in in, in homes of Christians, men and women of God, where there is sex, where there's adultery, where there's drunkenness and and, and abuse going on in the homes. and, And it's not even a big deal for us to watch this. And as I shared in the first service this morning, I could care less about movies. My wife got me to a movie this weekend. And I I tell you, I told her, I I said, baby, I'm so sorry. I was there, but I wasn't really there. Because I don't watch movies. I don't like movies. I I feel like it's a waste of my time. My kids want to watch a movie. I'll be glad to go and sit down with the kids and watch a movie. If the teenagers want to go hang out and they want a cool chaperone to be with them, I'll go. But I'm not going to watch a movie. I'm going to eat popcorn. And I'm going to drink a soda. And I'm going to get me a $9 box of candy and I'm going to sit there and I'm going to enjoy it. But the movie I'm not interested in because there are things going on inside that movie, even the Christian movies in today's world. There is stuff that they're portraying to be right and to be good and it's an innuendo towards to believe something that is this or that and it's really not. And it vexes my spirit. I can't hardly to handle it. The shows that are on TV, the horror shows, and the scary movies, and why would somebody want to scare the life out of themselves? You know, it's like me. I want to put on our church sign out, you know, on the road there. I want to put if you want to go to hell, go to hell. But we really don't want them to go to hell. But people choose to go to hell. It's a choice we make, and there's a lot of other a uh, couple one-liner signs that I like to put up too. But I'm gonna be nice this morning. Hallelujah, Amen. Pastor Blake will sit me down when I get home when he gets home. But it just vexes my spirit to know that that we are allowing these things to go on in our lives. You know, when you don't hear from somebody for two or three days, there's a problem. When Michael McCool doesn't call me whether I answer the phone or not, whether I'm able to, I start to worry about him. I know I don't have a reason to worry because he's doing amazing. But I do know for a fact that the devil is real and when you don't hear from somebody after two or three days, when Jerry doesn't call me after two or three days, I'm thinking automatically, what's going on? I better call Jerry, see how he's doing. See if Veronica's killed him yet. Because what we're watching and what we're seeing and what we're listening to is destroying who we are inside. You say, well, it doesn't bother me like that because I come from this and I come from this hard lifestyle and I've been a banger and I've been this and I've been raised by an alcoholic. Let me tell you something. None of these things matter because the devil has a plan just like Jesus and God does uh, to, 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 to help you in life. The devil has a plan and it is a schematic specifically for your life to get into where your weak spots are to destroy who you are in God, because he does not want God to get any of the glory. It goes with the saying, garbage in, garbage out. Because what you see is how you're going to act. It's a proven fact. If you don't believe me, go walk by some nightclub at the end of the night. Don't do it, because you get yourself in trouble. But you'll be seeing people in there acting like fools, trying to dance and doing all this crazy stuff, grabbing their legs and doing all this crazy dance stuff. I can't even grab my left leg. I'd have fallen over up here. But I'm going to tell you something. You you know what? You say, well, that doesn't bother me anymore. It don't faze me in not even a minute. Oh, but it starts to change your talk. It'll start to change your your, your walk a little bit. Oh, man. Man, did you see them girls in there? They were looking at me. They weren't looking at you. You ugly as a mud fence. But the devil begins to lie to you. The, the devil will begin to make you feel like you're somebody, like you're this, you're that, uh, and you're going to fit right into his perfect puzzle that he's got built, and you're the only piece that is missing in this piece, uh, in this puzzle. And then he's going to make you feel so wonderful and so good about it that, that you are needed, uh, you are wanted, you are special. Come over and join this wonderful table of puzzle pieces because you are going to make it complete. But it's a complete lie. That's the devil's plan to destroy your life. That is not what God's plan is for our lives. The Bible says in Ephesians six twelve, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against wickedness in heavenly places, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Principalities in darkness. We're in a fight that some of us don't even understand what kind of fight we're in. And we're swinging. We're swinging for our life. We're going crazy. We're just, we're just going nuts. We're swinging at, at dry air. Nothing's there. Because really what we ought to be swinging at is what's inside of our body, the heart. And I know a lot of us pray the prayer, Lord, take this stony heart out, Lord. Give me a new one. Give me a soft heart, God. Give me a heart that's loving and compassionate, God. But God's saying, you know, I can't take that heart out of you. I can't change that heart. I can't soften that heart. When you are hardening the heart by the things you're looking at by the things you're listening to by the things that you're doing in your life he says I cannot do that for you it's important to understand that we're engaged in a spiritual war and the battles we're facing today are against evil spirits the devil's a molester of the mind and that's where he will attack us the most acts 1038 it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, and for God was with him. So the Webster Dictionary defines the word oppressed as an unjust or cruel exercise of authority or power. Go ahead and come on up, Joe. I'm going to finish up in just a minute. See, in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we see here where Jesus encountered people who were considered by by society of having a mental disease. Or mental problems, things going on. And he never tried to give people a diagnosis like schizophrenia or bio, uh, bipolar, bipolar disease or any of these other things that they, that they, that they uh, try to say you have. But he recognized the devil's oppressive work and the devil's attack against his children. and attacked the source of people's problems by expelling the demons, casting them out, delivering them, setting them free. See, a devil exposed is a devil defeated. That means when you talk to that devil and you say, i bind pornography, it's a devil defeated. Well, I just want to talk to God about my problem I have. No, no, don't talk to him, you're feeding it. Back to pastor's message last week on, 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 on temptation. The more you talk about it, the more you feed it. So you expose it, and you defeat it by exposing it. That's why when I wake up in the morning and I can't hardly walk, I say, oh, I bind the pain. I I, I torment the the pain. Get out of my body right now. Does my pain just walk out and go and just do its thing? (laughs) No. But I'll tell you what it does. God says, okay, my son, I got you. Let's go. I got you buddy, let's go, let's go, you did it right. You put me first today. Come on, I'm gonna take you with me and I'm gonna help you with that pain today. I'm gonna work you like a dog, you ain't even gonna feel the pain until later. <laughs> yes, Lord, <laughs> you got a sense of humor. Sometimes I get work and she says to me and my wife will say to me, how in the world can you do what you do if you're in such pain? I say, that's a great question. and can ask Dr. Laura back here about that one. How is it possible? I go to the throne not to the phone I go to God I said Lord Lord I don't know how I'm going to do it it's just like when I tell y'all when you're down and out you got to talk to glory and you got to talk to hallelujah sometimes glory don't want to move sometimes hallelujah don't want to move but you're going to have to just limp your way through glory and hallelujah we're getting somewhere today we're going to fight through this today somewhere we're going to overcome the problems that we got today because I'm not going to keep living like this I'm not talking about if you're sick and you can't walk and and you got a major problem. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you let the devil defeat you in your mind. Because when you let the devil defeat you in your mind, he says, okay, now I'm going to take what's in your mind and I'm going to shove it into your heart. And I said shove for a reason because he didn't willfully put it there. You didn't give him permission to do it. He just said, I'm going to shove it into your heart. You see, a, a thief or a robber doesn't come to you with a knife and just say, I'm gonna poke this right into your little chest right here, okay? That's not how it works. Hey, that's a, it's not one of those retractable knives where you push it in and it doesn't stab, but it looked like it did. See, that's well the picture a lot of us have of who the devil is. He's just gonna, you know, puncture us and just bring to my attention that there's a problem in my life. No, it's 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 a lot worse than that. He will force it from your mind to your heart. And He forces it there because He knows if He can get it to your heart, then it will come out of your mouth and you begin to, you begin to talk down to yourself. You'll begin to beat yourself up like a, like a little tiny kid that just has no worth and no value in life. And that's not what God has called us to men and women of God, children of God he has given us the power I'm telling you to tread over serpents and scorpions, hallelujah he's given us a reason to wake up in the morning and to shout and to call upon the name of the Lord, hallelujah to say God, I am not worthy Lord, but what I'm going to do today is what you're going to lead me to do my marriage is going to be good hallelujah, even when she's mad at me, we have a great marriage it's a wonderful thing she just fine tuned me still. That's all. She's almost got me trained after almost thirty years of marriage. I'm letting her train me too. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, yes, ma'am. You tell me what to do. Okay, get on my phone. Okay. I'm just kidding. I'm not like that. Yes, dear. You won't see me like that. I'm a manly man. I'm a. I'm a this is this is an ombre right here. But I love her, and I'll tell you what. My God says I better respect her and treat her. And I hope you're watching me online tonight if you need to hear this today, or this morning, whatever day it is. Because we are men and women of God. And we are to act like men and women of God. This morning, we are gonna have the opportunity to take what is in here, what has been shoved in this heart of ours by by whatever it's been, whether it's been myself, whether it's been the devil pushing things on me, or whether it's something somebody did to me when I was a kid give it to God this morning and I'm gonna put it and release it and I'm gonna let go of it and take it and hand it over to the Lord and I'm gonna come out of this place today. I'm gonna come up off of this altar today like this and I'm gonna I'm gonna get up I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna give it to God and then I'm oh gingerly gonna get up and I'm gonna start shouting I'm gonna start shouting I'm gonna shake off those heavy bands Oh, glory to God. Listen, I don't think you understand what I'm preaching this morning. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying today just because the world says there's no hope. Uh, I got news for you. My God says I shall supply all of your needs according to Him. Hallelujah. Pastor, I don't have no food. Well, glory to God. Let us feed you. We don't have a problem with that. My house, we're eating good. I share my food with her. She's not with my wife. <laughs> she wants me to share every meal with her. She's trying to get me skinny. But what do I have to do there? I got to be obedient. How many know that gluttony's a sin as well? Oh no, no, that ain't in my Bible. No, no, that ain't in my Bible. But gluttony's nowhere even close to my Bible. Well, that's the problem—is we just throw it out. But I get convicted. I want to be healthy. Why do I want to be healthy? So I can walk through those slums of Africa like I just did a month or two months ago. So I can walk through those slums of Costa Rica where they feel like there's no hope for them. So I can walk through these downtown streets where they're putting stores and restaurants in that celebrate being gay and this and that. I had a, a client just ask me, come and, come and give us a bid on our, on our stuff. And I said, well, I feel a spirit of homosexuality in this place. He said, I'm gay. I said, well, see me no more. I'm not saying I won't be nice to him. I'm nice. And I love them. I love everybody. I love everybody. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. If you know me, you know I love everybody. But I can choose and I can decide where glory and hallelujah. I'm not, my wife had a, a hairdresser one time, and I, man, Joe, I forgot you were up there, buddy. We're, we're about done. Joe, you're doing a great job this morning. Glory to God. My wife, she had a, she had a, a, a hair salon guy one time. And I'm telling you what, I'm going to be nice with my words, but this man was, was gay. He was a client of ours. They paid good money. We just, we never had to see the people. We just went into the job. He knew who I was. I was in, uh, saved and I preached the gospel to him every time. Matter of fact, my employees got fired every single week because they'd walk in there and tell him, homosexuality is a sin. He'd call me on the phone and said, I just kicked one of your guys out for, for calling me a homo. I said, no, he didn't call you that. He was preaching the gospel to you. But this man had compassion. He kept bringing us back. One day the Holy Ghost spoke and said, no, you gotta get out of here got to get out there there's spirits in that place i'm not talking about the person the person god can love with us and we love the person it's the sin that we hate and we got to stand up for what against sin that's all i'm saying to you today man is we got to stand up against sin and sometimes you have to be bold enough to, to get up and walk out let's have every head bowed and every eye closed this morning As the Holy Spirit is moving in this place, praise God. I know without a doubt that that the Lord has done amazing things. Praise God. There is hope in this message this morning. The hope is that God has given us weapons to win every single mind battle. He says in Second Corinthians ten four and six, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Obedience of Christ. so much more I'd like to say. To the house of god and the spirit of lord that's in this place moving in this place i want to challenge you this morning to confront the sin in your life and before we go any farther this morning i want to make a call to those who are here today maybe you're online you're watching this morning and you say pastor i'm not right with god i'm away from the lord today I got sin in my life and I would like to surrender to God today if that's you all over this place online today just I want you just to lift your hand left to right front to back just slip it up and put it right back down I'm going to pray for you I will not embarrass you I promise you that just put your hand up and put it right back down I believe the spirit of God is in this place amen I see these hands how many more how many more amen I see them I see them Put them up. And listen, if the Holy Spirit is talking at you, I don't care if you're a leader in this church. If there's something in your life that you know is not pleasing to God, I want you to put that hand up right now. God's going to thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And you're watching online this morning without a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt. The devil has lied to your mind. He's, he's destroyed you. He's made you feel so inadequate and so unworthy in a lot of areas of your life. There are a lot of women, a lot of housewives, a lot of, a lot of mothers. They feel so unworthy because that's how they've made, been made to feel. But I got news of you, news for you today. That is not the report of the Lord. God wants us to be set free today. He wants us to feel worthy, to know that we're loved, and that our fruit would, that our lives would bear fruit that it is alive. How many more all over this place? Just lift it up and put it right back down. I want to pray for you. God. Let's all stand to our feet if we would, please. You raised your hand this morning. I want you to come down to this altar, and I want you just to stand right here at this altar with me. I want to pray over you this morning. Come on, don't be afraid. I don't care. Come on. You, let, you raise your hand. You raise your hand. Michael, come on. Yes, praise God. My brother, come on. Come on. Now I need some men to come down here and help me pray. Quintanilla, come on. Yes. Paul Black, come on down here and help me out. Now, I, I see these men of God right here at this altar. Doesn't mean you're the chief of all sinners, because I believe sometimes I am. I see a young lady right here. Melissa, can you come down here and just stand next to this young lady? Happy birthday, Melissa. She's a so beautiful and precious. Just stand right next to this young lady and pray, my Lord, as we pray. Can I give you an opportunity one more time? Ladies, I want you to just come on down. Men, ladies, children, we want to pray right now and be set free from this. Amen. How many know that the stronghold of the devil can be broken today, right now, from this moment forward? Listen, this is more than words. It's more than than, than just saying something as a ritual prayer. This is truth. This is, I'm leaving this place brand new. I'm not living that life again, never again. I'm not going back to it. I'm not gonna be that person anymore. I'm gonna be who God wants me to be and I'm gonna get help right here. You know what, you got, I'd like to believe, I believe, listen, our pastor is phenomenal. I was gonna add myself in that and say, you have two of the greatest pastors in the United States of America. As you all say here in Texas, America. But it's not because of the way we preach. It's not because of what we look like, it's because we rely upon the Holy Spirit and we trust God. And you have the greatest counsel in the world right here. God, the man of God who who the Lord has placed in authority over our lives and then the rest of us who are servants of God, the rest of you men and women who are serving in this place to be a, a light to somebody else courage and strength. Listen, I'd rather be here than sitting in a jail cell like I used to be. Anybody else amen to that? You so I ain't never been to jail. Okay, well, let me just break it down to your street for a minute there. I'd rather be here in church than laying in a vomit somewhere. I'd rather be here in church worshiping God than being lied to out in the street. Someone tell me how wonderful and great I am and, oh, you're so beautiful. You lying dog. You don't mean that. I'd rather be in the house of God a smile on my face worshiping God no matter what the world thinks about me I don't care what they think amen you'd be the greatest father in the world God's gonna help you with that. the greatest husband in the world God will help you with that too. let's pray let's repeat this prayer after me if you're online repeat this prayer say heavenly father I ask you to come into my life to be my personal savior my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ I am so sorry for all of my sin for sinning against you for turning my back on you from this moment forward I will serve you I accept you into my life as my leader as my Savior I believe that you died on the cross for me you shed your blood on Calvary's cross for me and you died and resurrected for me and I believe that this morning I ask you to give me strength give me authority that my fruit can bear fruit that is alive and I give you all the praise and all the glory I am saved say it again I am saved in the name of Jesus Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Stay right here for just a moment. Come on, give him praise. Praise Him. thank you. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.